Welcome again to Searching the Scriptures radio broadcast. I'm Pastor Travis Alltop, and it's a privilege to be on the radio with you today. And we trust and pray that you're getting some help from these programs each and every week here on the Searching the Scriptures radio broadcast. Uh, our desire is to put your faith back where it belongs, and that is in the living words of the living God. And so on this program, we believe that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And while it takes faith to be saved, it also takes faith to live the Christian life. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. But listen, our faith doesn't end at salvation. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we're to walk by faith. The only way to walk by faith, to have victory and to, uh, to know the Lord and to be useful to the cause of Jesus Christ is to have faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. And the only way to have true faith is to know what the word of God says, to know what the promises of the Bible say. And when we know what the promises are, to act upon them and to exercise faith in them. And so on this program, we are des uh, our desire and our goal is to help point Christians back to the word of God, to just believe every word of God is pure, and to believe what the Lord Jesus said when he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so on this program, we are interested in what this old book says. We are interested in what the Bible actually says and not merely what it is presumed to teach. You can know what God says if you'll come to this book in faith. This week, we'd ask you to turn to the book of Job, Job chapter 14. Job chapter 14 in the book, and we're going to look at verse 10, and we're going to talk about a subject, uh, and I want to encourage you to keep your Bible handy because the subject we're going to look at, we're going to go to several places throughout the Scriptures to paint a picture. It'll probably take us two weeks to go through this material, and we trust that it will be a blessing to your heart, might answer some questions you've always had, and uh, will ultimately exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work on Calvary's cross. But here in Job chapter 14, beginning in verse 10, let's read this, this book right here. Let's read this verse. It says this, but man dieth and wasteth away, yea, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? What a great question. Do you ever wonder where people go when they die? Have you ever stopped to consider where you're going when you die? You know what's amazing to me is, is I ask people the question, as I have uh, opportunity, I'll ask people, you know, are you saved? Do you know where you're going when you die? And you get some of the most amazing answers to that question. Oftentimes I get the, the answer of, well, you know, I, I sure hope I'd go to heaven. Well, you know, I don't think I've lived that bad. I mean, I know people that live worse than I do. So, I, yeah, I guess I, I think, preacher, that I'd go to heaven. You know something, if you don't go to heaven, you know where you go? You go to hell. Why would you work through life, stumble through life with a hope-so-guess-so kind of a assurance in your heart when the Bible writers tell us that we can know where we're going when we die? Most people put more energy into finding out and researching what kind of a car they're going to buy next than they do finding out where their soul is going to spend eternity. Because at death, according to the Bible, the spirit that God gave to man goes back to God who gave it, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and chapter 12, and the soul, which is the real you, the soul that lives on the inside of this house of clay will one day depart with that spirit. And listen, that soul will go to one of two places. It will go to heaven or it will go to hell. So if you don't know where you're going when you die, let me ask you this question. Why don't you know? The Bible says you can know. Jesus Christ asked a great question in Mark chapter 8. 
when he asked this, he said, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That's a good question. Wouldn't you say your soul is eternal. It's going to live somewhere forever. When God breathed into the first man, he breathed into Adam's nostrils, the breath of life. And the Bible says man became a living soul. But I'm here to tell you that if you don't pay any attention to the word of God, and if you go through life simply catering to your flesh, uh, you're not going to know where you're going when you die. And listen, when you die, if you die without Jesus Christ, the scripture says you'll die in your sins and you'll go to a place where they weep and wail and gnash their teeth and where the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. You say, but the kingdom hall says that that's just uh, figurative, that you know you die and you're dead like a dog. Yeah, I know, but they don't know what they're talking about. You do understand that they retranslated, uh, they didn't retranslate, but they translated their own set of scriptures back in 1871. That old heretic Charles Taze Russell put out that New World Translation. So they come to your door and comfort you by saying, now you probably go to a church that preaches hell, but you know, after all, hell is just uh, the grave. Well, they're liars. You don't want to listen to people who don't know what they're talking about, do you? Charles Taze Russell and Judge Rutherford died in their sins and went to hell. And they're still there burning and begging for a drop of water. Why not listen to the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You can lose your soul. Jesus Christ came to save souls. And if you go to hell, you'll have to, you'll have to stumble over a bloody cross where the Son of God came and commended his love toward you and died in your place as your substitute and paid for your sins and rose from the dead that men might have assurance have you never read there in Acts chapter 17 where the scripture says that God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man, Jesus Christ, whom he hath ordained? And the Bible says, in that he had given assurance unto all men, listen, in that he raised him from the dead. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest news that mankind was ever given. Don't ignore it. But here Job asked the question that every man should ask, he says, man dieth. That's true. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. He says, but man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. That's what it is to die. And the scripture says, where is he? Well, Job was preaching and talking here long before the Lord Jesus Christ was manifested through the Virgin Mary's womb. This book was written some over 3,500 years ago. It's the oldest, chronologically, it's the oldest book known of the Bible. Job wrote way back there. And Job was asking, asking a great question. Job obviously lived before Jesus Christ was manifested in the flesh. Now listen to me. Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh, but Jesus Christ was not created uh, in vir the Virgin Mary's womb. He always existed because he's Jehovah, he's God. But he came down and was born as a man in the manger there in Luke chapter 2. If you've read your Bible in John chapter 1, you know these things. And so before Jesus Christ was manifested, where did men go? Well, you may say, well, brother, all top, if they were saved, they went to heaven. Well, not so fast. I want to show you something here over the next couple of weeks that I hope will open up your Bible to you. And what you have to do is you have to come to the Scriptures and take your denominational glasses and goggles off. I'm going to remove my Baptist, my traditional Baptist goggles. You need to remove your Jehovah's Witness goggles. You need to re remove your Roman Catholic goggles 
Pentecostal goggles or whatever it is that you wear when you come to the Bible. We all have to be reminded that we come to the Bible and we have to let it tell us what to believe rather than us coming with our preconceived ideas and theologies, traditions, and our own personal opinions. And we come many times to the Bible with those things and we begin to go to the scriptures trying to make the Bible match what we already believe. Let's not do that. Rather, let's let the Bible teach us something and let the Bible tell us what we're supposed to believe. And I want to give you a shocking statement, but I'm going then to the scriptures to back this up and prove it to you. And that is this. When Job asked the question, man dieth and wasteth away, yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? He said this before the time of Jesus Christ, long before Christ died on the cross, was buried, and rose again. And I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Genesis chapter 25. And stay with me now, Genesis chapter 25, and let's do some Bible study today. Genesis chapter 25, and let's look at a man who died under the Old Testament. He died, he wasted away, he gave up the ghost, and where was he at? And we're going to find out that the Old Testament saints went to a different place than the New Testament saints now go to. Now you say, I'll tell you right now, Brother Altop, I don't believe none of that, so I'm not even going to listen. Now just wait a minute. Wait a minute, how about we let the Bible speak for itself? The Old Testament saints could not go to heaven when they died. And there is a very clear reason given in the Word of God. And if you'll stay with me, write these verses down, look them up. It's going to be a a very eye-opening truth for you. And it's going to be a blessing to you. I know the first man that taught me these things, I was rejoicing because it began to make sense throughout the Scriptures. When the Old Testament saints died, they didn't go directly to heaven. They went somewhere else, and I'm going to show you where they went. Look here in Genesis chapter 25, and look down with me in verse 8. The Bible says this, Then Abraham gave up the ghost. Remember our opening verse, Job 14.10, he asked the question, Man dieth, wasteth away, and giveth up the ghost. To say something gives up the ghost is just another way of saying that a man has died. Why, we still use that terminology today. If somebody is uh, driving down the road, their engine dies, and they have to pull off to the side, you pull off and say, hey, you, you everything okay here? Well, my engine died. It gave up the ghost. Well, that's just another term for dying, for departing this life. The Bible says, then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years. So here we have uh, one of the great saints described in the Bible, Abraham. Uh, the Abraham was the man that God chose and called from out of Ur the Chaldees. And he chose that man to begin a great nation, the nation of Israel. And Abraham is called in the Bible three different places. Abraham is called and referred to as the friend of God. Uh, God thought highly of him. In fact, in the, the chapter in Hebrews chapter 11 that describes the Old Testament heroes of the faith, And what they did by faith, you'll read Abraham on three different occasions. God uses him as an example of what it is to have faith. Abraham, great, great man of God. Listen, in Genesis chapter 15, in Genesis chapter 15, if you want to turn there and look at it, God justified Abraham. Do you remember that? Uh, In Genesis 15, the Bible says, behold, verse four, behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, talking about Abraham, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him, Abraham, forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. So Abraham's out here somewhere in the middle of the night, and God says, Look up to the stars there, Abraham. You see them? Can you tell them? 
And he's talking about counting them. You ever hear of a bank teller? What's a bank teller do? Well, they count money. And so that's exactly what God is telling Abraham to do. He says, can you tell the stars? Can you number them? He says, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. That's the message that God, the father, gave to Abraham. And look at verse 6. He believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. So right there, you know what Abraham believed? He believed what God told him. He told him, you see those stars up there? Your seed is going to be more than those stars. If you could number them and you can't, your seed is going to be more than the stars of heaven. And he believed that message. And the Bible says God accounted it to him for righteousness. So in the Old Testament sense, Abraham is a saved man. And here the Bible says that he dies in a good old age. Look at back at Genesis chapter 25, verse 8. Now look at it. It says, when he died and gave up the ghost, being an old man and full of years, that he was, look at it, he was gathered to his people. How about that? Abraham had some people that had gone on before him. The Bible says he was gathered to his people. Now turn to your New Testament in Luke chapter 16. And let's, we're doing some Bible study today. This is an exciting thing. Listen, the Bible is an exciting book. There is nothing boring about the Bible. You may know some boring preachers, but the Bible itself is not boring. And it will reveal to you some things that are just absolutely amazing. Do you know why? It's because this book was authored by our creator, the God of heaven. This is the living words of the living God. And thank God for this precious old book. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. This study will be profitable to you because we're going to see in the end how it exalts the Lord Jesus Christ and how glorious and wonderful uh, the Lord Jesus is. He is altogether lovely. But here we see before the, old, before the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we see Abraham dying. He's an Old Testament saint. Uh, an Old Testament saint. He dies. He gives up the ghost. And the Bible says he was gathered to his people. Notice it did not say he went to be with the Lord. It simply said he was gathered to his people. Now you come to Luke 16 and you have a, a, a narrative here by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you're reading the, about the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus, you are not in New Test, on New Testament grounds doctrinally yet. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean that the scripture tells us this. It tells us that um, where a testament is, I'm reading from Hebrews 9, 16 here for just a moment. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after, after, after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Now listen, that is a reference to Jesus Christ's death on the cross. And here's what you need to get. This is a great truth that was taught me, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. And the truth is this, the New Testament doctrinally did not go into effect until our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood and died there. That's where the New Testament went into effect. Before that, it was of no force, according to Hebrews 9, 16, and 17. So what does this mean? Well, the passage that we are about to read here in Luke 16 is a great passage, but it is an Old Testament passage. The earthly ministry of Jesus Christ was on Old Testament ground. The Scripture says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, that Jesus Christ was born under the law. And so you, the law is still in effect Israel is still in, 
is still under the law here during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. And I've had people say, no, preacher, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, that's New Testament. Those are New Testament books. But the New Testament doctrinally did not go into effect until Jesus Christ died on the cross. So when you read the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, you will read many, many Jewish passages and many passages that have to do with the Old Testament law. And you must be aware of that. Otherwise, you'll start trying to slap the law on a born-again Christian in this age, which is heretical. So let's look here in Luke 16. Jesus Christ is describing an event, and he pulls back the curtains on eternity and allows us to see uh, where two men died and where they went in eternity. Now, again, this is Old Testament ground before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So look at verse 19 of Luke 16. The scripture says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. So you have two men, a man named Lazarus who was a poor man uh, full of sores. And then there was a certain rich man who is unnamed. This certain rich man was uh, doing well every day. And the Bible says in verse 21 that this uh, beggar Lazarus who was down at the gate of this rich man desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now here it is, verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died. That's, the, uh, that's Lazarus. And was carried by the angels into, look at it, Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now notice it doesn't say that the angels carried him anywhere. Lazarus, the beggar, was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, look at it. Luke 16, verse 23, read what it says. And in hell he lift up his eyes. The rich man died. The angels carried him nowhere. It says his body, he was buried. That was his body. But something went on living. Remember what we talked about at the beginning of the broadcast? The soul, that's eternal. This rich man died. They buried his body. Said a few words over his body, probably bragged on him. Some uh, hireling preacher came in and said, well, you know, he was a good man and did many good things. And we know that he's at rest now and he's in a better place. No, the Bible says he died, was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes. Look at it, being in torments. This man's soul died and went to hell. And he seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, are you going to believe what the word of God says? Or are you going to start adjusting things to fit your belief system right here? Here's what we, the reason we've moved to this passage from Genesis 25. If you recall, Job asked, where does man go? Where is he when he dies? Well, Genesis 25, 8 says that Abraham gave up the ghost. And it says he died in a good old age and was gathered to his people. And the next time we read about him and where he was at in eternity, the Lord Jesus Christ tells us that he's in a place named after him. It's called Abraham's bosom. And here he begins to have a, co a conversation with this lost man. They're in two separate places. Do you know where hell is at? It's below your feet. The Bible always speaks about hell being below us. Men descend into hell. This man died and went to hell. He's in a place of fire and torment. Remember what he said? I'm tormented in this flame. No water. Uh, Jesus said it's a place of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And yet he looks across into a place where the, the angels carried Lazarus. He looks across this great gulf. We'll find out here in just a couple verses. 
and he sees the, the beggar man that was at his gate begging day to day. That man was carried into a place of comfort called Abraham's bosom, and he cries out, Abraham was there. Ah, now we've got our answer. When Abraham was gathered to his people, he was gathered to a place that was named after him called Abraham's bosom. Do you know why God called it Abraham's bosom? Because those covenants that God made with Abraham, he promised him and his physical seed, the earth. Hey, I got news for you. Those of you that are anti-Semitic, that hate the Jew, I got, I got the worst news you've ever gotten. The Bible promises, God promised, that he is going to give that race of people the entire earth, and they are going to run it and tell you what to do. Amen. And you say, they ain't going to tell me what to do. Well, if you're unsaved, yeah, you don't have to worry about them telling what, you what to do because you'll be in hell. But if you're uh, alive and living on this earth, when Jesus Christ comes back and you are allowed into the kingdom, the Jew is going to run it. And Jesus Christ is a Jew, by the way, a Judean Jew from the tribe of Judah, our Savior, the Savior of the world, and the King of the Jews. And he's going to come back and set up his government on this earth. And that nation that Abraham fathered, that physical nation, is going to be given the reign and the rule over this earth. Abraham was promised the earth. Well, guess what? Abraham's bosom, where's your bosom at? It's in, or where's your heart at? It's in your bosom. Do you know what Jesus Christ said? Matthew twelve thirty eight through 40. Jesus Christ said during his earthly ministry, now stay with me. This is good stuff. We're going somewhere. He said that he was going to be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Just like Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly. Jesus Christ said the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Do you know where the heart of the earth is? It's down in the, in the heart of the earth <laughs> in a place called Abraham's bosom. Your heart's in your bosom. And the heart of the earth is down there in the center of the earth and there's two places, two compartments, two dwelling places, one for the damned and one for the saved of the Old Testament. Abraham was in a place of rest in the heart of the earth. And he cried here, look back in your Bible, Luke 16, 24. This is talking about the, the, the rich man who died and went to hell. It says, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. So he's in hell, but he's crying out across to Abraham. He can see him. Abraham's still living. Abraham is in a place named after him, a place called Abraham's bosom, where the saved of the Old Testament go. But Abraham said, Son, remember thou that in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Now get that, verse 25. There's two places in the heart of the earth, a place where men were comforted and a place where men were tormented. The place of torment is a place known as hell. The place of comfort was the place of rest for the Old Testament saints. When Abraham was gathered to his people, even though he was a justified man in the Old Testament, he could not go directly to heaven. He was gathered to his people in the heart of the earth. And he goes on to say this, Abraham speaking here in verse 26. He said, beside all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. In other words, this place of damnation known as hell is separated by a great gulf from this place of comfort known as Abraham's bosom. Do you recall if Jesus Christ said that he was going to be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth? Remember what he told the dying thief that got saved? That old dying thief in Luke 23 said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And you know what? He remembered him. He says, today, not tomorrow, but today shalt thou be with me in paradise. 
So Abraham's bosom was a place of paradise. You can read in 1 Samuel chapter 28. I'll leave it to you. We're running out. We're running short on time today. We'll pick this up again in the next broadcast. But listen, uh, another Old Testament saint that uh, proves that the Old Testament saints went down and not up when they died would be Samuel. Samuel the prophet in 1 Samuel 28 had died and Saul disguised himself and he went to the witch of Endor and he wanted her to bring up Samuel. Well, before the witch could do anything, God went ahead and brought him up. And notice it says, bring me up, Samuel. And, uh, and they, she said, I see gods ascending out of the earth. And Samuel showed up with a mantle on. And you know what his question was for Saul? He says, why hast thou, listen, why hast thou disquieted me? In other words, I was at rest and you have disquieted me. Some of you parents with toddlers know there's been times you've worked, uh, You've worked hard all day, you're weary and tired, and you, you lay down to rest on the couch, and you're just about to fall off into a nice, peaceful rest and sleep, and that toddler jumps in your face and says, hey, I need to, I need, you know, so-and-so stole my Lego, and you look at him and you want to ask, why hast thou disquieted me? Well, what is it? The Old Testament saints who died in faith, Hebrews 11, were gathered to their people, were gathered to the heart of the earth, into Abraham's bosom a place of rest, a place of paradise, a place of comfort, a place of quietness. Samuel asked old King Saul there in 1 Samuel 28, and I'll leave you to look it up. He asked him, why hast thou disquieted me? Now the question has to be, okay, Brother Altop, I see your point, but why did the Old Testament saints who had been justified, why did Abraham who had been justified by faith, why didn't he go to heaven? Why did those men go down? Why were they in that holding place called Abraham's bosom? Great question. Look, if you will, over here at Exodus chapter 34. Exodus 34, quickly. And again, stay with me because we're going to conclude this study next week. But look at Exodus chapter 34. Get Exodus 34 in one hand and Hebrews 10 in the other. Exodus 34 first, and then we will go to Hebrews chapter 10. This is called Bible study, and it's a wonderful thing to see this. Look at Hebrew, I'm sorry, Exodus 34, look at verse 6. This is God Almighty speaking to Moses, the giver of the law. The, uh, when you speak of Moses in the Bible, immediately you think of Mosaic law, the, Moses, uh, the law of Moses, which was given to the nation of Israel. Here in Exodus 34 verse 6, God says this, The Lord passed by before him, speaking of Moses, the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. And by the way, that's a description of the Old Testament God. That cliche that gets passed around about the God of the Old Testament being an angry, wrath-filled God and the, a different God in the New Testament, that's just so much baloney. Right here, this Old Testament God, the God of Moses' law, the Bible says he is merciful, gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Now look at verse 7. I'm in Exodus 34, 7. And the Bible says, here's what that God of the Old Testament did. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, underline it, and that will by no means clear the guilty. Did you get that? God forgave sin in the Old Testament, but the guilty were not cleared. Why is that? Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, and look at verse 1. For the law, Moses' law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they have not ceased to be offered? 
In other words, the Old Testament sacrifices couldn't take away sin. Otherwise, they wouldn't have to offer them up every year. Look down real quickly at verse 4. We're going to conclude here today and pick it up next week. Verse 4 says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Here it's real simple. The Old Testament saints could not go to heaven because they had not been redeemed. Their sins had not been redeemed. Their sins had not been taken away, and their guilt was not cleared. That's what the Scripture says. They were justified, but they were waiting for one to show up. Do you know who that is? Why, John the Baptist announced his appearance in John one twenty nine by saying, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The Old Testament sacrifices could not take away sins, but the blood of Jesus Christ can. Do you know him? Do you know him? Until next week. May the Lord help you as we study this subject. Thank you for listening.